Hey everybody, welcome back to the Podcast Daily. It is Tuesday. It is Big Ten Media Days week. And we have, uh, well that's Bill Landis. I'm Austin Ward. And who's this down here? A new, you're not a, you're not a special guest. He's not a waiter. <laughs> you're not a rooster's waiter. Although, very good at it. Yeah. Who are you? I'm Doug. I cover Ohio State football. And, uh, and I'm here to hang out with you guys. Nice. That sounds fun. Le Maurice, the last name is pronounced Le Maurice. It's French. It means the wild berries. Well, thank you for coming to hang out with us. Um, for anyone who missed your sign-off from Buckeye Talk last week, I think that was pretty emotional for you. At least, I didn't. Maybe not all three hours were emotional on the, the last one, but you went through a lot. This decision that you you wanted to try something new, I don't think came easily for you. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. What was the thought process to? Taking a trying out something new, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I am not here only to serve wings. We're we're doing this here, and we're yeah. doing more than than this. Um, so, I covered Ohio State for the Cleveland Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com, and on the Buckeye Talk podcast for eighteen years. And I'll be fifty at the end of August. And this is an opportunity uh, with this group and you guys and um, to do something new, and it's like if you're ever going to take a swing like this, you got to take it now. So I'm excited to remain connected to Ohio State coverage because without Ohio State, I'm just some guy. Um, the passion of these fans, because this football team is so successful and matters to so many people, allows all of this, us to do this. But we're going to go beyond that, which is really exciting, and to do it with you guys is awesome. And as I understand it, sometimes you get free wings. We do get free wings. That's I, the best part. <clears throat> or anything else that you might want at Roosters. But. I, uh, I just I, I held back the gasp that I wanted to let out because I am pretty sure that my first game covering Ohio State in the 2014 season was your 40th birthday. That sounds right. Were we walking around Baltimore? Yeah. And, and was, was I like, complaining that there were no restaurants open on my birthday? And why am I covering a football game on my birthday? How can I be 40 years old? Yes. And this is my life? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Sounds right. I don't know. That sounds possibly familiar. Yeah. And now it's 10 years later. So you two have spent a decent amount of time working together and talking to each other. Bill, how excited are you for this opportunity? Really excited. Um, when I left Cleveland.com uh, in the middle of the 2018 season, in the middle of the season, the, the, the season is going along, and we have our coverage team, and Bill's there, and, and Tim's there, and I'm there, and we're together, and we're a group. And in the middle of the season, anyway. It was uh, the bye week, I think I left, and then my first game at the Athletic was when they lost to Purdue, uh, which was super fun to write about. Karma. Yeah, yeah it was my fault. I apologize. Um, but when I made that move and then like went to the Athletic, like my hope was always to um, find a way, I think, to work with, with Doug again. Um I love like what we've done here for the last year. Like we're kind of just getting started. So um, the idea that we can bring Doug, Doug aboard and do some more Ohio State stuff, expand beyond that, um, kind of tap into a little bit what what I thought was a very good podcast when when Doug and I were doing Buckeye Talk together, and kind of add a little bit of that flavor to what we already have here at the podcast is really exciting. So uh, it's awesome. I'm kind of uh, a little bit in disbelief that it's happening, to be honest, but uh, I'm I'm really excited that it is. So. Doug, you uh, alluded to this, and I, I don't think we should hide anything about the plans. For this year, you're going to be helping and supplementing what we're already doing covering Ohio State, but that's not the only reason that you're doing this. Yeah, so I'm excited to stay connected to Ohio State, but we have a larger idea 
which is an idea that had been kind of bouncing around in my head for a couple of years. And then the people at this company had the same kind of idea. And it was like, hey, you have the idea. I have the idea. And I think it's represented by the fact, Austin, but that you and I have the same backpack. <laughs> and we just noticed that here today. And we're backpack buddies. Yeah. And I feel like the same backpack is like we the same idea. So we're going to do everything that I've done for 18 years around Ohio State and bring that to the top half of the country, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And we want to bring context and expectations, and we want to hold people accountable, but we want to bring joy to Northern football. And I think very much there's a cultural and societal vibe around Southern football. And I think when you say that, everybody knows exactly what that means. And I don't know that we in the top half of the country feel the same way about Northern football. And in a world where conferences used to be a shorthand for geography, hey, you play your neighbor. You want to be in the same league and be in the same standings? Okay. And that's not what it is anymore. I don't think we should let the sports say, well, these are the teams you care about because we have a conference that has teams that are 3,000 miles apart. I think there is something culturally that binds people together in certain geographical areas, and I think we want to tap into that. And Ohio State, to me, if you're going to do something like this, Columbus, Ohio is the capital of the northern football empire. Mm. So if you're going to do this, you have to do it here. So Ohio State is primary to that, but we want to give the context to Ohio State compared to Penn State and Michigan and Notre Dame and Oregon and Washington, and Iowa, and Wisconsin, and everybody that kind of goes about football a certain way. So we're going to get that ready. We're not going to launch that immediately because we want to kick butt with that from the jump. But in the meantime, we're going to be talking a lot of Buckeyes. But I just want people to know, like, when we get to that, we're also going to be talking a lot of Buckeyes because the example to this is, you know, there's a, Alabama is the cultural center of Southern football. Right. They talk a lot of Alabama when they do that. They talk Clemson, they talk Georgia, they talk LSU and Florida and all those things. So you can't do what we're going to do here without Ohio State being right at the center of it. You'll find that uh, the longer you work on the same team as me, that you'll also become a shirt brother in addition to... <laughs> no. Hope you like quarter zips. You're, you like a quarter zip. You wear a quarter zip. I, I'm I'm really like a track jacket kind of guy. Oh, nice. oh. So, um, but I'm open for... Uh, Fashion changes as well. You don't have to change who you are. I have track jackets in my closet because I go to soccer games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gotta, okay. Got to have those. All right. I'm All in right. then. Well, let's actually talk about some football then because it's Big Ten Media Days week, Doug. What, what are you most curious about heading into Wednesday? It can be Ohio State specific. probably should be because it's the podcast daily. Um, but there's also, I think, some unknowns about Tony Petiti and the way he views expansion, broadcast deals. There's a lot going on that some of it is a mess that he inherited. Some of it is putting his fingerprint on it. I don't know if that tickles your fancy for Wednesday in Indy or not. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I just want to check in on Kirk Ferentz and see how he's doing. <laughs> Hope he's doing well. So um, beyond that, I mean, I, I do care about all those things. I think the Big Ten is really strong right now on the field. I think we could be looking at three 11-1 teams at the end of the regular season in the Big Ten East with Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. I think in my mind, and, and 
people who do know or don't know what I was doing Buckeye talk since 2015, but I've also been doing a national college football show called the college football survivor show for the past two years. So that's dead. That's not, maybe not dead. I'm not on that anymore either, but like that idea, it's dead to to me. They're probably glad to be done with me, but that idea, I think three of the best six teams in the country might be in the big 10 East. So I'm really interested in how good Penn State's defense is. I'm really good. I'm really interested in, in the idea that Michigan, after two straight playoff seasons, this might be the best version of Michigan. And I'm really interested. It's it's across the country. There's so many established programs with new quarterbacks and so many like tier two programs with established quarterbacks that it's it's fascinating. So to, to see what Drew Aller might do at Penn State, what Kyle McCord and Devin Brown will do at Ohio State, what J.J. McCarthy as a returning starter will do at Michigan. And then I think Phil Luke Fickle bringing in Phil Longo as his offensive coordinator, trying to merge the passing attack at Wisconsin with the established offensive line, running back, defense ethos of Wisconsin. It's a little bit of this, but if it meshes together, I think Wisconsin has a chance to go somewhere it hasn't gone before. So I think all the other stuff matters. I think the football in the Big Ten this season has a chance to be really good. And as someone who's covered this league for 18 years, I mean, that obviously wasn't always the case. Right. Yeah, I think even, like, you know, beyond those those top three, um, I think, like, who the fourth team rising up is, could be as interesting, whether that's Wisconsin or, frankly, even Purdue, who's on Ohio State's schedule this year. I think Purdue's an interesting team with Hudson Carter coming in there and Ryan Walters taking over that program. And I think maybe kind of flipping the identity to more of a defense-forward program than it has been under Jeff Brown, but successful and, and perhaps pretty good nonetheless. Um, I, like... Illinois is interesting with Brett Bielema. Um, might be it. Might be the end of the list. I didn't. I would have bet that you were going to say more about Illinois before you ever mentioned Purdue. I, I don't know why. I have a thing with Purdue. I don't. I hmm. like. I, I find Purdue fascinating. Um, and maybe it's just like the switch from like offensive coach to defensive coach. But like, I like Ryan Walters a lot. Um, and I actually think Hudson Card's pretty good. Uh, like Hudson Card is like a quarterback who transferred because like he got beat up by Quinn Ewers, and I think when that happens, we just assume that guy's not good. Like I think Hudson Card's pretty good. I think Hudson Card is like the fourth or fifth best quarterback in the Big Ten already. So um, I don't know. They're they're interesting, which is which is a, a point of interest I think for Ohio State because Ohio State has to go there later in the year. Um, I think more specifically to Ohio State, I am interested in like I I find the. Um, introspection from Ryan Day about the Michigan game that like he's really only done on Chris Holtman's podcast. Interesting. And I, and I wonder if he will be willing to go down that road a little farther when he's talking with us in Indianapolis, because I I do, I think there's, there's things in there that are true. Like I I didn't find myself disagreeing with any of it. In fact, I, I kind of felt that about him and it was nice to kind of hear him reaffirm my thoughts about how they approach that game. But I also know that it's a pain in the butt to talk about Michigan all the time. And he's going to get asked a lot about Michigan and Indianapolis. Um, so I'm kind of curious what, what, what note he strikes with that. I think that's my concern about that in terms of getting honest answers about that is that we've mentioned this before, but the way that Media Days is structured, you have not just your podium session and not just the breakout session with the media. It's going through ESPN.com's private room and you know Fox's room with their, with their writers and their broadcasters, and they have 50 different interviews that they have to do beforehand, and I think that everyone's – shorthand for Ohio State narrative is when are they going to beat Michigan? And so he's going to have to get asked about that particular matchup, which is fair. That's sort of been the history of college football is that game, but coming up short and talking about it and what happened and how do you fix it. And I think by the end of the day, 
either he'll have practiced a really good answer, <laughs> but that won't necessarily be revealing, or he'll get worn out and you know he's not one who has problems controlling his emotions in a media setting. But like the answer, the answers are probably going to get increasingly shorter, shorter as the day goes on. Yeah, he'll be, you'll be able to see it on his face. I think he'll be pretty worn out by the time he sits down at that podium to talk to us. Ryan, how much pressure do you feel this season? To win that rivalry game. Like None. 30 versions yeah. of that? Yeah, yeah. at least. Hey, uh, we've all been doing this for a long time. and We ask questions that often we know the answer to. Sometimes that's why you ask it. But what are we really expecting him to say? Yeah, they want to beat Michigan. Like, they want... I've, I think people reacted to his and Gene Smith's comments earlier in this offseason. Like, well... It is a, it is an important goal. It is not the only one, and I think that there are some people who didn't like that answer. Mm-hmm. But it's true. Bill and I have talked about this before, Doug. So I don't, I don't know where on this rivalry spectrum importance you land. But like, what else can he really say? They do want to win a national championship more than they want to do anything else, and I think that that's a reasonable goal to have. I think it's really interesting and difficult because I think Ohio State, and again. I believe Ohio State to be the most interesting lens in which to view college football because of its place, because it wants to be everything to everyone, because it wants to compete against the SEC and be of the Big Ten. It's two almost separate paths. There's the you've got to beat your rival path, and there's the we're trying to win a national championship path. And typically in the past, you would have always said, well, you have to do one to get to the other. And that's no longer true. Mm -hmm. It's especially not going to be true any longer in the 12-team playoff world next year. But as last year showed... It's already not true now, and I think I don't think Michigan can get to the playoff at 11 and one by losing to Ohio State because Michigan's not conference schedule isn't very good. They don't have a crossover like Wisconsin. If Ohio State beats Penn State, beats Notre Dame on the road, beats Wisconsin on the road, and plays a competitive game in Ann Arbor, I think Ohio State can make the playoff at 11 and one. So it doesn't excuse anything. It doesn't lessen how much the Michigan rivalry matters, but it's it's too parallel paths that don't cross in the same way that they used to. And so I almost feel like you end up having two separate discussions about Ohio State the entire year. And I do think what matters is how can Ohio State be at its best in Ann Arbor on the last Saturday in November? And does Ryan Day believe that what they have done in the past has allowed Ohio State to play its best game that day or not? And what are they changing or learning or adjusting in that endeavor? Because the other hard thing about this season for Ohio State is Ohio State could be excellent. Ohio State could play a great game in Ann Arbor and not win. Because I think Michigan is that good. I Yeah, it's I find it fascinating. I think that Ohio State is in – and I, I've, I've had more of these conversations as pertains to basketball in the past about like building a roster to compete in the Big Ten probably puts you at a disadvantage once you get to tournament time. And now, like Ohio State, I think in some levels is trying to split it where they're like, we gotta be, we gotta be built a certain way to beat Michigan, but also built a different way to beat Georgia, beat Alabama, and win a national championship. And honestly, I think Michigan's going through that now too. I think they've gotten to the point where they feel like they've established what they need to establish to beat Ohio State, but when they played Georgia, it didn't work. And now they're trying to to find the other side of that coin too. So I think I think actually both programs are a little in between. Um, and I think it's like, it's, who would you rather be? 
Would you rather be the team that like kind of has the rivalry figured out right now, but can't quite figure out the playoff, or the team that doesn't have the rivalry figured out so much, but is more built to be competitive on the playoff? And I'm sure you guys talked about this when it happened. That's why I thought the report of the beat Georgia period at Michigan was so important to Ohio State. Because I think Ohio State's been in between for decades. Yeah. And Michigan never has. I think Michigan, that to me was the first time that Michigan potentially in its history ever thought anything more than beat Ohio State. And that idea, to me, it's Ohio State saying, welcome to our world. (laughs) You've got to try to do both. And they're not the same, and you don't approach it the same way. So now it's not split focus, but it's two paths. And whenever you're on two paths, you're not as focused on the one. So I thought that was good for Michigan. Good. They're expanding their, their horizons. They should. They're that good. Yeah. But I also thought it was good for Ohio State because Michigan can now live in that world. Well, when they were, when we were back three or four or five years ago and we're talking about, gosh, has the rivalry lost its luster, it was because Michigan refused to treat it the same way Ohio State did. They weren't having, whether they called it Ohio, depending on what coach we're talking about, or beating Ohio State. I remember there was a big deal like two years ago that they, they were tweeting out pictures from their weight room. Like, it's beat Ohio State day in the weight room. Like, good. Like, treat it as seriously as Ohio State has. And then that, that helped them close the gap, you know, to take that next step. I don't, you know, I don't know if they can do it or not. I thought the loss to TCU was pretty damning for what you're talking about, Bill. Like, it, Georgia was not their issue. Like, they couldn't even get to that point. TCU is nowhere near uh, as talented top to bottom. Uh, but I, I think it's, that's what makes it fun um, to watch both of these programs elevating and not just measuring against each other because neither one is – Last one that won a national championship was a decade ago. So, yeah. you know, you have to you have to elevate. And if that pushes both of them forward, then that means November could be a pretty fun game. But the the part where what does it mean to Ryan Day and if he doesn't win it, you know, there people are going to be upset that the rivalry has. If that hypothetical happened and it's the eleven and one scenario that you talked about, Doug, that's Ohio State is still the program that you would rather be going into the playoff era in my mind. It's the recruiting is better. I think across the board, the coaching staff is in a much better spot and better than Michigan's. Uh, Recruiting territory is going to be stronger moving forward forever. The NIL is much more um, well-funded and designed than Michigan. So, I mean, I think that's the part where would Ryan Day be on the hot seat if they lost again? No, because Ohio State is so well-positioned for the future, and you can't just evaluate them on the one head-to-head matchup in November. So, Everyone's spending a bunch of time on Wednesday and Thursday asking them both about it. Seems like a waste of time because I'd rather, I'd rather hear Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day talk about trying to win a national title than beat each other. Quite frankly, but that's just me. That and maybe Michigan will. Like I, I Jim, Jim Harbaugh, while he is uh, terrible in those settings, um, <laughs> I I do think he shows up with an agenda. Um, maybe he's not the best at getting it across, but. I don't think I will be terribly surprised if a lot of what comes out of Jim Harbaugh's mouth is national championship centric and from the Michigan players themselves. And I, I mean, last summer when he was there, he was talking a lot about how they had the star studded defense the year before with Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo and Dax Hill. And he thought, Hey, he was saying, I think our defense can be even better because it'll be more collective. You know, those guys have been waiting their turn. It's like, whatever. And they were pretty good. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where I think it is hard to dispute on the field, in the program, what Michigan has done the last two years, other than him almost leaving for an NFL job in the middle of it, but it, 
It didn't keep them from making the playoff last year. I think he's made good decision after good decision. Like they have really gone about it. I think in a smart way. I think the hires he made a couple years ago, getting rid of Don Brown, all those guys they brought in. I, I think Michigan is in a really strong place. And again, if I, I don't, I think you have to say it because I want Ohio State fans to have reasonable expectations and find a way to be happy. And you can't ever be completely happy if Ohio State loses to Michigan and you're a fan of the Buckeyes. Please understand how good Michigan is. If I had a vote in the AP preseason poll, I would vote Michigan number one. So does that mean that I think Michigan's going to beat Ohio State? No, that's not what that means. I think it's a toss-up right now. But I just think there's no point in underestimating Jim Harbaugh and Michigan at this point because you want to be in a good conference. So congratulations. I think three of the best five or six teams in the country are in the same division. Doesn't make losses acceptable, but the context matters as everyone thinks about this season. All right. Well, we could probably talk about that for, I don't know, the next 48 hours until we get yeah. to Indianapolis um, and Ryan Day talks. But we're I, not going I to. I can do. Oh, we're not. This show. I got to get used to that. Yeah, yeah. we're okay. a little shorter on this one. So when you've got the good stuff, Doug, we, we don't wait till hour three for that part. Now, okay. there will be a show eventually where you can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> but on, you will not have to be sitting here going like God, yeah, this but on, guy. But on the podcast daily, we're we're going to keep it consumable on the drive into work, wherever you listen to the podcast daily that you have so far. Maybe we're picking up a lot of new listeners. I hope so. Or watchers, it's exciting to have Doug uh, taking this step, uh, not necessarily with us, alongside us. I don't know. It's, we're gonna we're gonna team up and do the best week parallel paths. Parallel that's, paths. That's the that's the theme for this show. Uh, and I think there's a lot of opportunity, really exciting, and we'll do our best to cover Ohio State, and then Doug will add on top of that. So it's going to be fun. Stay tuned for all of that. We'll be in Indianapolis on Wednesday. We'll have another podcast daily to preview that. Uh, for Doug and Bill, I am Austin. We'll talk to you later.